the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. So Isaiah, the sixth chapter, I'm going to start reading at verse one. Dear ones, notice, if you will, what the word of the Lord declares to us. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain or with two, he covered his feet, and with twain or two, he covered, actually, with twain or two, he covered his face. And with twain or two he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. On today, dear ones, I would like for us to take some time and speak to all of you concerning this passage of Scripture that we have found for us here in the book of Isaiah, that sixth chapter of these first eight verses. And the topic that I would like to take for us to take into consideration on today, dear ones, the topic is this. I need to see something else. I need to see something else. Dear ones, how many of you have ever had the experience in your life, like I have had many, many times, 
um, where you have found yourself going through something. You were going through it. Something was going on in your life. You were going through something, uh, be it a struggle that you may have been having at that particular time or a problem that has come up and you're now having to deal with or a hardship that has you are now facing a hardship has come upon you and you're facing that hardship. And dear ones, you find yourself dealing with that thing. And as you deal with it, you find that that issue begins to captivate your mind. That issue that you are facing, that struggle that you are dealing with, it begins to captivate your mind to the point and to the degree that it becomes the primary thing that you think about as you go throughout your day. And so you're going throughout your day, but that issue is still on your mind. It may not be on the forefront, but it's in the back of your mind. It's there. You're thinking about it. You, as, you drive down the, as, as you drive your car down the road, you're paying attention to the lights. You're paying attention to the green and the yellow and the red. You're stopping at the, at the appropriate stop signs. You're doing all the things that you need to do, but that issue is still there. That situation, that hardship, whatever it is, that struggle, it's still there. You're going to work and you're, you're, your supervisor is not having to correct you. Say, you know, no, no, you're doing that wrong. Do this. No, you're, you're doing it wrong again. No, no. They're not having to say anything to you. You are functioning well on your jobs. You are performing adequately. You are doing everything you need to do. On the outside, it looks as if everything is as is and normal. Nothing is wrong. But in the back of your mind, that issue's still there. That struggle, that hardship, that problem, whatever it is. You're still going through it. It's still there. And so you find yourself dealing with this and going through this. And it is in the example that we have here that the Lord gives to us through the life and the experience that happens with the prophet Isaiah that he shows to us that dear, dear ones, it is during those times that we can find ourselves focusing on those types of things that we need to begin to see something else. There's something else that we need to begin to take our minds off of that one issue or thing or whatever it is. Get your mind off of that and get it focused on something else. You need to see something else. And dear ones, the something else that you need to see is you need to see the Lord. You need to see the Lord that he is higher than your problems. He's bigger than your issues and he's stronger than your struggles. Many of our problems, dear ones, are coming because your view is too horizontal. You are looking like you are looking too much like this. You're looking at that person. You're looking at that person. You're looking at what she did and what he said and how he was acting. You're looking too much like this and you're not looking enough like this. Your view is not vertical enough. You're not looking up to the Lord. Lord, you are the one that can handle this. You are the one that can help me with this. You are the one that can solve this. You are the one that can straighten out this. And so we need to see something else. And the something else, I should, I should have said, we need to see someone else. We need to see the Lord. And so we want to take a look at the example that we are given here in this text of Scripture with the prophet Isaiah. But dear ones, as we take note of our text, notice what it says to us in verse 1. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Now, as we begin to look at our text, dear ones, we want to start by taking note of the time stamp, if you will, that Isaiah uses to mark when all of this took place for him. Because it is found for us in the statement that he makes there when he says, in the year that King Uzziah died. 
That is the time stamp, if you will, that Isaiah uses to mark this particular time and this particular experience that he has. Where the Lord reveals himself to Isaiah in a way that is supernatural, but also transformative. Isaiah sees the Lord and he sees him in a way that he has never seen him before. And it transforms Isaiah's life. Now, it is significant to take note of what Isaiah does here because he does not say something to us like during the time of Passover or or at the end of harvest or in the 17th year of King so-and-so. As many other writers would use, they would use those types of statements to denote what time it was of the year or what season was going on that certain things took place. Isaiah doesn't do any of that. You, you see an example of that, dear ones, in the book of 2 Kings. It, just before the, we're told about David's experience with Bathsheba, the, the, the writer starts off by saying, in the, in the, at the time when all the kings would go out to war. He starts off by letting it be known that at the time when all the kings should have been in their proper places with their troops going out to battle, David was still in Jerusalem, staying behind and not being where he was supposed to be and not doing what he was supposed to be doing, got him in trouble. Lord have mercy. You see another example of it with the book of, in the book of Exodus when it says that the, when the children of Israel left out of Egypt. It says, and in the, in, the 40, in the 430th year on the self same day, all the host of the Lord left up out of Egypt. And so you see different ways in which the writers of Old Testament scripture would denote certain periods of time. Here, Isaiah says, all this took place for me. All this happened for me. I had this experience with God in the year that King Uzziah died. And so we have to ask ourselves two questions. The first question is this. Who is this guy named Uzziah? Who is Uzziah? What's he all about? Who's Uzziah? And the second question we've got to ask is, why was he so significant in Isaiah's life? What place, what position did Isaiah have in Isaiah's life that he was so significant that he uses his passing as the marker for this experience that he has with God. Now, in order to answer those questions, dear ones, we need to turn to the book of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles, the 26th chapter. Because there we have outlined for us the life of Isaiah. And in, we're not going to read the whole chapter, but we are going to take note of several things that we're told here in 2 Chronicles, the 26th chapter. Because dear ones, notice what we're told in verse 1. It says, then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in the room of his father, Amaziah. So the first thing that we're told about Uzziah is that he became king at the age of 16 years old. At 16 years old, he had the responsibilities of running an entire nation. Now at 16, I don't know about many of you, but at 16 years old, I was worried about where I was going to play basketball at, or who, who was going to be, who, whose football team I was going to be on, or when could I get my driver's license. I was not thinking about running an entire nation. And yet at this young age, this individual has the responsibilities laid upon him to run an entire nation. But there was, notice what we're told, notice what we're told there was in, in, in verse 3. It says, 16 years old was Isaiah when he began to reign, and he reigned 52 years 
in Jerusalem. And so his reign lasted for 52 years. He was king for 52 years. So the majority of his life was spent ruling over this nation. And dear ones, notice what we're told in verses 4 and 5. It says, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as, the, as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. And so we see here that Uzziah started off as a good king who sought the Lord and wanted to do things and wanted to run things in a way that was pleasing and acceptable to the Lord. We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able, after you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on this station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax-deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. And dear ones, notice that what we're told in verses 4 and 5. It says, And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as, the, as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. And so we see here that Uzziah started off as a good king who sought the Lord and wanted to do things and wanted to run things in a way that was pleasing and acceptable to the Lord. So we see these good qualities of Uzziah. He started off as a young age. He ruled for a long period of time. And he started off as a good king who sought the Lord and wanted to be pleasing to the Lord in all that he did. But there was notice what we're told in verse 16. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. So, dear ones, we see here that Isaiah now does something that led to his destruction. Now, we're not told exactly what year that took place. So we don't know if it happened in the 35th year. We don't know if it happened in the 29th year. We don't know if it happened in the 49th year. We don't know when it happened, but at some point in time, we are told that when he, we're told that it happened when he was strong. 
That is, in other words, it, his, his downward movement, the downward movement in Uzziah's life began to happen at a time where the Lord was blessing him and where the Lord was prospering him, guiding him, providing for him, and protecting him. And it was at that time that he began to take his eyes off of the Lord and allow the things that the Lord was doing for him to begin to go to his head. And he began to become proud. And that pride and that, that him, him taking his eyes off of the Lord led to his downfall. And so, dear ones, we see him. Now, we know, we know the rest of the story. If you read the rest of this chapter, dear ones, we're told that it, all these things led to his destruction. Because as you continue to read, what you are told is that Isaiah goes into the temple and he offers incense upon the altar of incense. That was only supposed to be done by the priests. The priests come in to object what Isaiah is doing. And they begin to tell him, Isaiah, you are not... You are not allowed to do that. You are the king, but you are not of the line of the priest. You, do, you need to stop. And as Uzziah has one of, the, in, in, one of the censers in his hand, as he's there and he's rebuking the, the priest for telling him he's not supposed to do that and telling them, you know, I'm the king, so on and so forth, the scripture says that leprosy began to break out in his hand and it began to travel up his arm. And as the priest saw what was taking place and saw the leprosy beginning to proceed up Isaiah's arms, they tell Isaiah, get out, get out, you're a leper, get out of here. And Isaiah drops the censer and runs out. The scripture goes on to say that Isaiah spent the remainder of his life in a several house. That is, he stayed the remainder of his days as a leper, isolated off from everybody else. And so he dies, in, he does, he dies alone and in disgrace. That's how he died. Alone and in disgrace. Because of his pride. Because of him, him believing that he was more than he thought he was. So dear ones, we see all of these things. But, but, but the second question, the second question that we've got to ask. So we answered the first question, who is Isaiah? We answered that first question. The second question that we've got to ask and answer, dear ones, is this. Why is he so important to Isaiah? What, what's, what, what type of thing had they going on that made Isaiah so important to Isaiah? Now, we are not told that exactly what it was, but we are given a clue. Now, I want for us to take note of a couple things. Notice what we're told in 2 Chronicles verse, chapter 25, verse 26. Notice what we're told there. 2 Chronicles chapter 25 and verse 26. Notice what it says. It says, now the rest of the acts of Amaziah, who was Uzziah's daddy, the rest of the acts of Amaziah, first and last. Behold, they are written. Are they not written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel? So Amaziah, Uzziah's daddy, the record of his life and his reign, they are written in the royal historian. The royal historians wrote it out. The royal transcribers wrote it out. And it was written in the books of the kings of Judah and Israel. Now jump over to chapter 27 and verse 7. Now, Jotham is Uzziah's son. And notice what it says. Uh, chapter 27, verse 7. Now, the rest of, rest of the acts of Jotham and all his wars and his ways, lo, they are written in the, books of the, in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. So again, these royal historians, these royal transcribers, they wrote out all the acts, all the works, all the wars, all the ways 
that Jotham, Uzziah's son, did. So Uzziah's dad had the royal historians write out the record of his life. Uzziah's son had the royal historians write out the record of his life. Notice what we're told about Uzziah. 2 Chronicles 26, verses 22 and 23. Now the rest of the acts of Uzziah, first and last, did Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, write. Notice something. The royal historians didn't write it out. They didn't write out the record of Isaiah's life. Isaiah did it himself. Isaiah said, no, 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 I, I, don't, I don't want some historian writing this stuff out. I don't want some, some paid individual. No, no, I'll write this myself. I'll write his life, the record of his life. All that I want for people to know about his life. I'll write that out myself. And so, so dear ones, we are given the, the suggestion that Isaiah and Uzziah were friends. They had a friendship. There was a respect and an admiration that they had between these two people. And so when Uzziah died, that death, the Uzziah's death, it hit Isaiah hard. He took it hard. He took the passing of his friend hard. And he took it so hard, dear ones. So, so we see that they had this relationship. And he, it appears that there was something between them more than what was something official. It was more than something superficial. It was a real honest friendship. A real honest respect. A real honest admiration that these two men had for one another. And so it is because of these things that when you get to Isaiah the 6th chapter, we see that Isaiah is going at that particular time, at the time that Uzziah has died, he's going to the temple. He's going to the church. He's going to the house of God. Because his pain and his sorrow and his sadness over the passing of his friend is moving him to go to the place in order to find some type of relief. He's going to the house of God to try and find some help because his heart is breaking. He's going to the house of God to try and find some help because he's grieving the loss of his friend. That is why Isaiah says in the year that King Isaiah died, I, it hit me hard. The passing of my friend hit me hard. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You have friends, loved ones that have passed and it hit you hard. It, it, it could have been a relative. It could, have, it could have been a schoolmate that you grew up with. And they died in some way. Other people grieved it. Other people were sad about it. Other people, man, I'm so, oh man, Joe, man, I'm so, I'm, so, I'm so sad to hear about Joe. I'm so sad. But for you, it went farther than that. It hit you hard. It, it took you for a loop. It, it took your breath away for a second. It, 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 when, I, when I heard about my sister passing, I was at work. I, I got a phone call from my brother-in-law at the time. My, 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 my sister-in-law had passed. It, it, and he, he, he was, I got the phone call. He's crying. And, and I'm, 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 saying, I'm saying, Marcus, Marcus, what's going on? What's going on, man? And he had to stop the tears. And he had to say, you know, you know my sister, Melissa, she, she's passed. She's died. I just sat there. I didn't know what to say. I just, all I could think about is I just want to run. I just want to get out of here. I want to get out of this place. I want to get out of here. I'm at work. I want to get out of here. I don't want to be here anymore. I got to get out of here. I went over and talked to the officer at the time. I said, this is what's going on. This is what happens. And I got to get out of here. And he's like, okay, what do you mean you got to get out of here? He said, I got to get out of here now. 
He says, all right, we called the chief up and put us out of service. We went out of service. You, know, you don't put a fire engine out of service or there's not serious, something serious going on. Put us out of service. I was gone. There was sometimes the passing of a loved one. It, it'll hit you hard. It'll shake your world. Isaiah's world was shaken at the passing of Uzziah. So he says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I'm going to the house of God because my heart is breaking. I'm going to the house of God because my tears are so welling up in my eyes I can't see straight. I'm going to the house of God because every time I try to read the Bible and find relief on my own, it just seems I can't read the pages. My tears are covering the page. I I try to get down and pray and talk to the Lord about it, but I can't seem to talk to him because the only thing I can think about is Uzziah and his life and how he died and it's gripping my mind and I'm captivated by it. I've got to go someplace where I can find some help, find some relief, find some strength. Oh, I feel my help coming now. I've got to go somewhere where I can find something to help me deal with my pain. Yes. I've got to go somewhere. And so I've decided that the, the place that I need to go is the house of God. Hello, dear ones. This is Pastor Michael Fields. And here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.